Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Talking to Humans. I am one of your hosts, Mark Andrus. I'm here with Vicki Demert, the other host. Uh, she gets uh, additional credit this time. Uh, and okay. this season, we are talking about engaging with emotions. Our guest today is Donna Kaplan, uh, who's going to be sharing about and helping us think through the emotions of jealousy and envy. So Donna, welcome to the show. Uh, before we get started in this conversation on jealousy and envy, can you share just a little bit about yourself, your family, and what your role is here at Gateway? Sure. Well, I'm very thankful to be on the podcast. I didn't know based on last season if I would be the host or the guest. So I oh. congratulations to you guys. It sounds like you've been promoted to hosts. Mark, it sounds like you're top billing first. That's in the- what I understand. And, you know, I'm okay with that. What about you, Vicki? Are you okay with that? Um, I mean, I... I'm a little confused, Do you um, but maybe jealous a little bit, <laughs> a little envious. I mean, I did see Mark bring Sean like pad Thai the other day, so I don't know. If I know, has something to I know do who to butter up. <laughs> Curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, I'm Donna, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my my family at the end because oh. I think you're going to hear a little bit more of my story. But I'll tell you, I am married to Jeff. We've been married a number of years. I'm I should have calculated that before the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Many years. Many years. Many great years. Yes. Will Jeff be upset that you didn't know that off the top of your head? No, he won't either. (laughs) (laughs) He won't know. As long as you're on the same page. Just a long time. Um, But on staff, I work in our student ministry part-time as a small groups coordinator, and I work with our mentors and with our pastors, Arnold and Joshua, to help equip our mentors and train and care for them. And work with our small group ministry to um, make sure they have what they need to know, love, and center our students. And that we just use best practices there in our small groups. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's yeah, been, I don't get to work with you directly, but I actually, Arnold talks a lot about, and Joshua also, about just the impact that you've had and the work you've done with mentors and just the influence that you are there. And so I'm grateful that you're a part of our staff team. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit, you know, the, the theme of this season is engaging with emotions and we're going to, in each episode, kind of focus on a specific emotion and really dive in and examine what that is, how we experience it, how does scripture interact with that? How do we understand that emotion, uh, related to the character of God? And today our focus is on jealousy and envy. So Donna, just kind of start us off a little bit with this. How, how have you experienced jealousy or, or envy? Well, I definitely looked it up because we all all hear of jealousy and envy. Are they interchangeable? Do they mean mm-hmm. one thing or another? Um, I don't know if you guys have a good definition handy. Well, one definition that we looked up right beforehand <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, yeah, jealousy, just the suspicion or fear um, you may have about being replaced, you know, with either affection, um, just something that's threatened that, that really maybe belongs to you or it's in danger. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of complexity. I mean, you can go any number of directions with both of these, but like just for the sake of simplicity, mm-hmm. I personally, I think about envy as you have something that I want mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'm going to then harbor feelings of hostility towards you because I don't have it and you do. And for some reason, that's not fair. Um So that feels more like just a general negative emotion, whereas jealousy uh, can go in a number of directions. Jealousy feels like there's an aspect of that, gosh, I really wish, like you have this and I wish I had it, but there's not that same kind of hostility behind it. But there's also the jealousy of, you know, like Vicky was saying, this um, either fear of being replaced or something that I 
something that I love feels like it's in danger and I'm jealous mm. for it. I want to preserve it. Mm. I want to protect it. Um, so that's some just distinctions in, in the definitions, but we can, you know, we'll have some more kind of ways to connect to those. Yeah, I definitely the emotion that resonated with me was envy. And um, I had looked it up, like I mentioned, and just a reaction to lacking something mm. and that something that someone else had, like you mentioned, Mark. So um, I really just thought about this in a time in my life where I experienced envy almost daily mm. for probably four years. So it was an ongoing, intense, painful experience of envy. Wow, that's a long time. It was. It was. Um, when you, four years of, of being envious of, of something, were you aware that that's what you were feeling? Well, I was because um, what it was, was my husband and I decided at some point we wanted to start a family and... Um, what we experienced instead was infertility and mm. miscarriage. And so I definitely wanted pregnancy and a baby, very obviously. And then what happened in that four-year period is virtually every friend I had, mm. every family member, everybody I knew got pregnant or had a baby in that time frame. And so it was, I mean, monthly it seemed like, you know, being presented with this is what you don't have. You know, not only did I not have it and experience that grief, but then I was envious of all the people that so easily were able to get pregnant. Yeah. So you're kind of, you were jealous of this, maybe a good friend getting, yeah. so this happy, but also jealous. Like why, why are they getting it? So how did you cope kind of with this, this emotion of envy? How did you respond to it? Handle it? Well, who wants to experience that? So one way was to kind of just suppress it, like thou shalt not covet, right? Like let's not break the. I'm not supposed to feel this way, so I'm just going to act like I don't. Exactly. That was that <laughs> was a not covet. So so just don't, <laughs> don't feel that way. Did that work? That did not work. <laughs> that did not work. Um, another way, I think, I, I guess I would call it a kind of fake gratitude. Mm. Like mm, you should be thankful you have a husband. You should be thankful. You have a house. You should be thankful you have a job. And, you know, while Scripture does tell us to pra practice gratitude and thanksgiving, it was more just an effort to suppress that feeling mm. of envy. So um, it was more functioning um, to, to suppress. Yes. Yeah, so, like, that's interesting, fake gratitude. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it was, it, I have to be thankful or yeah. I'm going to focus on the things I'm thankful for, but it's not. So I won't feel envious. So, yeah, yeah. So. It's more of a, it's more of a distraction, yeah. like a straw man over here yes. where, yeah, That's well, so I'm not actually dealing with this motion, but I'm just going to act something out in this way. And, and like, the, what's interesting, like there is a, there is a biblical instruction for gratitude and mm -hmm. counting your blessings. Yes. That is, it is designed to, okay, yes, God really is good. Here's all the ways he's been faithful. Um, but it sounds like, and I can resonate with some of that, that was, that functioned more as ignoring yes. half of what you're yeah. feeling as opposed to operating in conjunction with the grief, with the sadness. A hundred percent. That was well said. Um, hmm. Another one was, um, at leasting. I'm sure you probably mm. covered <laughs> at least in your first season. Mm. I yeah. think if anytime we hear those, those words come out of our mouth, we should probably just put a big stop sign. <laughs> yeah. Silver lining. Yeah. So but at least you at least are, I can go on this trip next summer mm. and can travel or at least I can buy this pair of jeans and I'm mm -hmm. going to fit in them for the next nine months. So just mm -hmm. really trying to, you know, make up, yeah, silver linings for like 
Well, mm-hmm. I don't have a baby or pregnancy, but I can wear a pair of jeans. Yeah, like as, as if somehow that makes it not be painful. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So what, the four years of that, um, and, and, and I realize in this question, like some of the obvious answer is, well, eventually we had kids, right? But that doesn't take away the pain. That doesn't deal with, uh, you know, what you were experiencing during those four years. But what began to change the way that you experienced that? Well, after four years is a long time and you can't really cope with those little coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. for that long. It was just too painful, too long, too big of a trial. And so I remember a time in particular, um, we were in a small group at the time and one of the couples was going to announce their pregnancy at one of Mm -hmm. the small groups. And fortunately I got wind of this beforehand (laughs) and (laughs) I couldn't go. Mm. Just the source of their joy was the source of my pain and I just couldn't go there. And of course that created some shame that I couldn't sure. rejoice with them and their joy. And so, um, you know, I really had to just begin to be real with God and, mm-hmm. you know, accept his comfort for not going that night mm. that, you know, I would have shamed myself. Like it takes more faith for me to go and die to self instead of like, it takes faith for me to stay home and be real with God and yeah. receive his comfort. It, it almost sounds like you were brought to a point where um, it, you had to acknowledge the pain. Yes. Like it is too, it actually is too much, but then like shame, like I should be able, there's something wrong with me because I should be able to go and rejoice. Um, but you had extreme pain mm-hmm. and you had to kind of come face to face with that pain. Like I can't, yes. And I so can't do this. That's no. that. What you said, like there's a profound nature that like their, so their source of joy is my source of pain. Yeah. No. And um, like to, there was a season where we also were trying to get pregnant mm. and couldn't, and it felt like every room we were in, every mm-hmm, group we were a part mm-hmm. of, we were the only ones that didn't have kids. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I understand to the degree that I can as a, now a dad, mm-hmm. I can understand and resonate with some of that. Um, I, what did it look like for you to come to grips with that? Like mm-hmm. to, to whatever degree you're comfortable sharing that. Okay. So you get this moment, like I can't, can't deal you can't just suppress this anymore. I can't mm-hmm. distract by going over here. What did it actually look like for you to come to grips with that and interact with God in those honest ways? Well, at first it feels scary and disrespectful to God, right? Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, you're trying to get him to bless you with the baby. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be kind of disrespecting mm-hmm. his sovereignty in that. Um, but really, I mean, it was the Psalms that mm-hmm. just taught me. And um, I brought along Psalm 13, just where it says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? And so really the Psalms just taught me to just be real with God and to be, you know, just where I was in that pain. And what, what a blessing that scripture shows us how we can speak to God so freely. Even, even knowing just a a tiny, you sharing just a tiny bit of your story and then reading that Psalm, it even just became living Mm. and active to me. Like, wow. Right. Like it. It just resonates. Like we can say that. How long, O Lord? Like it. Um, are you going to forget me? Have you forgotten me? And I think we, we often feel like we can't. Like we're blaming God or we're yes. accusing God, but it's really our experience, and He's inviting us to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. You even notice you noted that what felt like danger in that. Yeah. Well, here's this thing that I want this from God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. am I. I'm, I've already not getting it. Am I putting that at future risk? Yes. By talking to God in this way. Mm. Um. What. Wow. What's scary about, like, so there's an aspect of it, but like what else is, you said it was almost scary to, to be honest with God and talk about things in that way. 
Um, what was what was scary about that for you, and why did you eventually just go? Too bad. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> scary because I mean, you really have to start feeling your feeling those emotions and entering into them instead of all those other tactics I was using to suppress them. So you you have to feel them. And nobody wants to feel them, so it's just easier to suppress them. That was scary. It was just scary. Um, I mean, it's scary to admit how much you want something to God, I think, because what if he doesn't give it to you? It's mm-hmm. further disappointment. Yeah, further disappointment. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, like, like what if? So the one the one who can, like the, yeah. the, the one who opens and closes wombs, right, yes. may, may not. And what would it mean about God if he didn't? Yes. And, and your experience of that and... Yeah, because it would make you think God's not good, he's not loving, he doesn't care. Yeah. So how did God begin to work um, just through you? In, in Well, how, yeah, did your did your view of the emotion change at all or how you experienced it or understood it? Well, just thank God so much that he just surrounded me in that time with preaching and his word and a small group and um, just so many loved ones that cared for me. That, um, you know, and as I began to lament, it became easier. Mm. And so verses like 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you mm. for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that mm. the power of Christ may rest upon me. So not only did I become kind of comfortable with lament, but I could even boast that I'm a sinner and I'm wow. a sufferer and I need Jesus. And so... I remember one story in particular, it was around Christmas where you get all the Christmas letters of we're pregnant Mm. and my baby's walking and my baby's Mm. talking. And I'm like, yes, all babies walk and talk. (laughs) (laughs) Still a little bitter. Yeah. Not not perfect at this point. Um, (laughs) But I did write a fake Christmas letter. I didn't send it out, but I just wrote in this, like I was able to just say, God, I'm envious of my friends and family that can write this letter, but thank you for showing me yourself and what I have in you and that your power is resting upon me as mm. I even, I can boast in this emotion that maybe wow. was negative. What's well, there's an interesting connection there. So you, you talked before about the silver linings and the at leasting and the counting your blessings yeah. and the fake gratitude. All of those things that you would have been saying were true, but mm. they weren't helpful mm-hmm. because they were, distractions and they were you know they were masking the pain but then to hear you say you know lament made it easier so here's this honesty before god like all the things then that you would say i'm counting my blessings at least this here's this kind of stuff are still the same things but but it was the lament and then interacting with god honestly with those things that made it so that it was no longer fake gratitude but really gratitude god you are working in this god you have blessed me in this and rather than that being a mask to the pain it's a it's a salve to the pain. It, it brings healing because it's evidence that that even though you're still not working in the way I really, 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 really wish you would, you are working. You are present. You do care. And that that lament is uh, that's the way you said. Like it, lament made it easier, mm. and yet we don't do that. We don't want to. It's scary to pray Psalm 13 or 10 mm-hmm. or 88 or, or any of those ones that you go to. That was very well said, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you just summarized my experience. But that's so true. I was using fake gratitude and at least sting and then God actually brought it to real gratitude and not just at least sting, but what I actually did have in him. Mm. And so the difference was 
yeah, instead of at least saying or trying to mask it or not looking at it, it actually was like looking at it and being like, I'm going to experience the pain. I'm going to own the pain. I'm going to bring the pain before God, engage with God with it. And actually brought about what I was attempting to do. Mm. One of the one of the things that we talked about in the, the very first episode for the season is this um, this weird thing we do where we we try to decide, you know, we get really black and white and we mm, go, okay, yeah. these emotions are inherently bad. Mm-hmm. These emotions are inherently good. Now, I would argue there are there are some that most of the time, like if you want to consider lust an emotion, like that's probably always bad, like outside of the context of your marriage. But but we try to like categorize these things. Mm-hmm. But the reality is emotions are, are more revealers. Um, and yet we would say, hey, envy in the idea where you get to bitterness or coveting, you know, mm-hmm. thou shalt not covet. There is a, there's a sin to that. There's a sinful component behind envy. Um, but, but if we just focus on the sin and okay, God deal with the sin and then there's repentance. Um, you know, we're missing, we're missing part of the gospel. Mm-hmm. We're missing God's care. We're missing God's compassion. We're missing God, God entering in, um, and, and so back at the beginning of this, you, you talked about here's this envy, but the source of the envy, what, what created the opportunity for envy, even if we want to call some of that envy sin, was actually deep pain mm-hmm. and disappointment. So how how did God, as you began to, to bring that to him, how did God interact with that pain and that disappointment? Mm. I mean, one thing you were saying just at the beginning of what you were saying, I yeah, repent, stop. Stop doing it. Turn around. And I just, as I kind of reflected in preparation for this, I just couldn't unself myself. Like mm. I couldn't change my own heart. I couldn't unself myself. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I couldn't change my heart. And mm-hmm. so I just, it took God over this trial and this period of years to do that. Um, but to answer your question, Mark, he, I just pursued him in any way that I could. And he met me a hundred times over. Um, so just every song on the, you know, Christian song on the radio, every sermon, every scripture, just his reaction to my envy and grief was his love and care. Mm. Which is interesting because it wasn't necessarily giving you what, what you wanted. Yeah. Um, but one thing you talked about, or you just said was, um, I'm, I'm thinking about how we are limited to change our own heart hearts. I can't, I can't just not want a child. And and I'm also like thinking how that the desire in and of itself was was good. Mm-hmm. Like women's bodies that's how they were cre- created, you know, to um yeah, to to have kids to bear children, but somehow at some point the the more you you wanted that and saw other people mm-hmm. get it, that's maybe where the envy um kind of snuck in and mm-hmm. then you were limited to be able to change your own heart. Mhm. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a component where, okay, if it's, if it's sin, I should repent. Like biblically, if this is a sinful thing, yes, I should stop it. I should repent. But in order, like the definition of repentance is essentially agreeing with God Mm. that this is wrong, Mm. turning from it and following him. Well, the focus on a, on a, a, an emotion that's being Mm. expressed in a sinful Mm. way, if the focus is just repent, um, wh- why would I turn around and agree with and turn towards a God from whom I've never experienced his compassion for mm. the pain that's behind this emotion? 
And so to, to hear that aspect of the story, here, here's, here's scripture giving words to your experience mm. through Psalm 13. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's God not responding angrily to you when you come mm-hmm. to him mm-hmm. with your honest words and mm-hmm. expressions. That, that's a God, this is probably the wrong way to say this, but like, that's a God worth turning to mm-hmm. and agreeing with and trusting and, and repenting of, of the sin that's in there. Um, but it's, it's really hard to, to start with repentance if you don't first have the experience of the God who's trustworthy enough to, to turn to in faith. And to, like kind of similarly to the previous example we were talking about, as I came to know God more and his love and trust him, that did lead to repentance, mm-hmm. right? Because I knew his character and his care. That, yeah, the, the kindness leads us to repentance and the starting point the starting point matters Mm -hmm. like hey just think differently feel differently Mm -hmm. but there's there's pain and you were trying you wanted to (laughs) you were like okay I'm thankful for all these things you know like all the attempts that you did just weren't working Mm -hmm. yeah well there's so a lot of this we really talked about this experience and by the way I know there's a lot of just personal nature of that story so I really appreciate you just sharing that with us and with listeners um but a lot of that focus is on envy. Mm-hmm. And, and there are, there's a lot of overlap between envy and jealousy, just like there's a lot of overlap between guilt and shame. But there are some, there are some distinctions. Um, there's not a lot of moments in Scripture where envy is talked about as a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's usually in the list of Paul's things of, you know, this is evidence of like you're not in the spirit, if, mm-hmm. you know, envy and all this stuff. But there are moments in Scripture where jealousy is spoken about mm-hmm. positively. Specifically, the character of God as being a jealous God who's jealous for his people, jealous for his name. Um, how, how, do you see, how do you see it to be possible for us as Christians to experience jealousy in a good way? Like, Would you say that that actually is even possible for us to be jealous in a way that reflects God? Mm. Um, I mean, what's coming to mind now... Um, because I'm not only a small groups coordinator, but I am a mentor myself of junior girls and, um, you know, or in my own kids, when I see, you know, if their affections turning to the world or something, I am jealous for them to, you know, follow the Lord mm. and to be dialed in and plugged into ministry in our church. And so I don't know if that. Yeah. Like you're even jealous for his name. Yes. And, and you're jealous for his glory in, in a way that um, impacts those that you lead. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it's just it's important to recognize that you know in all these emotions there there are aspects of them, almost all of them, and maybe you can have a slight argument about envy or, but there, there are aspects of almost all these emotions that we'll end up talking about in which, scripture does speak positively of them, mm-hmm. and I do think that's important for us to consider because, um, you know, very often, like I said, that initial flinch is emotion equals bad. We should be analytical. We should be thoughtful. We should allow you know what we know, what we've studied to like that's true no matter what therefore any emotion that kind of conflicts with that is to be disregarded um and when we apply that thinking to our own lives that actually prevents us from engaging with god mm-hmm. honestly about those emotions because i shouldn't be feeling this way mm-hmm. and so i'm not going to pray psalm 13 i'm not going to pray psalm 88 um because something's wrong with me that i'm feeling like this mm-hmm. um and so i do like even even just in a small way to go hey here's the pain and the suffering that's behind the emotion of envy how does god interact with that how does that reflect that what I want that I'm not getting is actually a good thing that he's designed me for. Hey, I'm feeling jealous about this. I'm seeing this relationship. I'm seeing this 
this coworker or this friend or this family member turned in a direction that, that mm. is a loss to me and I'm losing it. Well, I'm jealous for that because I value this relationship mm-hmm. and I want what's best for this person. There are aspects of those emotions that are to be commended in the way that they reflect God. And, and I just think it's it, with all the different emotions that we're going to talk about, it's really important to keep coming back to what of these emotions actually is in alignment with God's character. And that gives us the freedom to do the kind of engaging with emotions that you talked about in your story of how you dealt with, with your envy. Mm. Yeah. I'm even thinking how um, God tells us he's jealous for us. Mm. And, and just through your story, how we actually see that in, in motion, Mm. he's jealous for you, for your heart, for your affection, uh, for relationship with you. He, he wants, Oh, isn't that ironic? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He wants dialogue connection with you. And it wasn't always peaceful or without pain. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, Donna, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share with us today. Um, and, you know, as we continue on in this series, again, the, the hope is that as we are engaging with all these different emotions we're going to talk about, that we'll be able to connect them to the character of God and, and learn from each other mm. and grow in our ability to to keep engaging with these more and more. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for sharing your story with us. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time on episode three of Talking to Humans. <laughs>